Have you ever been afraid? Anyone? Anyone not been afraid? Um, I can be really good at it, being afraid. Uh, especially as a, a kid, I was fearful of just about everything. Um, I was afraid of making mistakes. I was afraid of getting in trouble. Uh, it kept me, uh, you know, in good standing with my parents that I was afraid of getting in trouble. But uh, I was sometimes afraid of conversation. So I would script it in my head, but it never, like, the other people never followed the script, and then I didn't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I was, af- uh, I mentioned in the first service that I was often afraid of people with gray hair. Um, and then I apologize. I, it's not true anymore. But when I was little, um, there was an apartment building on the corner down the street from my house, and I'd ride my big wheel in the afternoon. And there was one woman in particular who often stuck her head out her window and said I was making too much noise while, during nap time. And so I was just always, I always felt like I was just in the way and not making them happy. Um, and I projected that onto lots of other people with gray hair. Um, I was afraid that I might get kidnapped or held hostage. Um, and when I was younger, my, my bedroom was on the second floor of our house, but uh, there was a sunroof outside a door in my bedroom, and I knew the door didn't lock. And so someone could climb up on the garage, walk through the, walk across the sunroof, come into my room, take me, and no one else in my family would ever know. So if you're not good at being fearful, little kids, uh, I'm just training you. Um, And so uh, to help protect me, I would just curl up in the fetal position as tightly as possible and pull the blanket over my head so that I would look like a pile of blankets on the bed instead of a person. And then they wouldn't come in. Um, (laughs) I was fearful. Uh, Less now, but the conversation in my head still helps me, helps my thinking. I'm not overwhelmed by anxiety most days, I think, but, um, but it's easy for me to see, oh, this could go badly, or, uh, and to be afraid of what might happen, and have that be part of the conversation that leads me to often wise decisions and sometimes crazy ones. Um, there are lots of things that we can be afraid of in this broken world. And so I was struck as I had the opportunity to talk about peace today. And I was thinking about the Christmas account in Scripture and how often angels break through the scene and the first thing they have to say is, do not be afraid. And it helped me start to think about peace differently than I often do. I, I, I love peaceful moments. I love being out in nature and kind of listening to the sound of silence. Uh, there's this rock that sticks out into the river down by the campus that I love to just go and sit and listen to how loud the river is. And that just feels so peaceful to me. But a lot of times we think about peace as this just kind of experience in the woods or experience with quiet. Or 
we think of it as this almost imaginary thing like world peace. That we can't imagine how it would happen, but wouldn't it be great if it did? But this, this year, as I was reading through these accounts and hearing these declarations from the an- angels to not be afraid, I thought, oh, peace is the absence of fear. Peace is when we're still and safe. And I thought, wow, God can do that for us. That's incredible. So this morning we're going to look at this account in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, uh, with when the angel appears to the shepherds. And we're going to explore this little conversation they have and reflect on what it means for us. So I invite you, if you brought your Bibles, uh, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. They're also in your pews, but uh, the words are on the screen. So Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields. Oh, I should say, uh, so Luke has just kind of told us about the birth of Jesus. So as Luke chapter 2 begins, he kind of frames the time for us and tells us, Quirinius was a governor who was doing things, and there was a census that made people move around. And so Mary and Joseph had to leave Nazareth and go to Bethlehem, about a 70-mile journey. And, uh, and so uh, they got to Bethlehem. Obviously, Bethlehem was crowded. There were too many people. They didn't have a place uh, that they could rent or stay with family that was very convenient and easy. And Jesus was born in the midst of that chaos. And then Luke turns our attention to these shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you that you bring this message to us and help us know that we don't have to be afraid. You have a message of good news that brings joy and peace. So as we reflect on your word today in our own lives, we pray that you would integrate these things and help us find you in the midst of it, that we would believe you and be released from fear and experience peace with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the shepherds are just tending their flocks. They're living out in the fields. They're keeping watch over their flocks at night, trying to protect them from predators, trying to protect them from thieves, protect them from weather, and just take care of them. And all of a sudden, on this particular night, an angel appears, and the glory of God shines all around them. And oftentimes, 
as people who've been going to church and following Jesus for a long time, we like, we know we long to be in the presence of God and to feel the glory of him just enveloping us. We know that that's, that's what we long for. It's a great place to be. But for the shepherds, they see this angel burst out of the sky and the glory of God shines all around them and they are terrified. Like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen to us? And we're reminded that we, like the shepherds, uh, people are terrified by God's glory. It's in our nature. So, as people of God, who know him by faith, we start to become comfortable with God's glory, and we'll talk more about that. But in our nature, we're separated from God, and when his glory is revealed to us, it's overwhelming and scary. His righteousness, his holiness, his power. Genesis 3.8 talks to us, you know, from early on in human history, we've been hiding from God and afraid of his power and his glory. It wasn't like that in the beginning. When God first created us, he was hanging out with Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden, and they had a good relationship. They were talking with each other, and he gave them purpose and, and jobs, and he gave them names, and, uh, and they got to interact with each other, and it was beautiful. But then one day, the serpent came, and he started to whisper things to Adam and Eve about what God was like and suggest that God was holding out on them. And suddenly, they started to be fearful. Like, what if that's true? God has so much power. He put us here. He, he made everything around us. If he's holding out on us, how would we even fend for ourselves? And they started to accept the serpent's lies and, and to try to spin things and try to figure out how they could protect themselves. And they made the fateful choice to disobey him and eat from the fruit of the tree that he commanded them not to. And since that time, humanity has been hiding from God, running from him. Sometimes, we do it in subtle ways. We try to convince God that we're better than we are, as good as that we hope we are. Oh, yeah, see, that's not so bad because there are these other things, other people that are so much worse than us. Sometimes, it looks a little bit different. We just try to live like God doesn't exist and be the king of our own world and convince ourselves that we don't need him and we're good enough and fine on our own. We, like the shepherds, are terrified by God's glory in our nature. But the angel comes recognizes the terror in the shepherds and declares right away, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. So we're invited to check this out, just kind of like the shepherds. And we're reminded that news about the Savior offers joy to everyone. In our nature, we're all trying to run from God, hide from him, hope, that he likes us, or hope that we can make it through things without him. 
His glory is terrifying. His righteousness, his power, his holiness, how other from us that he is. We don't fully understand him. And so we hide and we're terrified by his glory. But the angel breaks in and says, no, 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 do not be afraid. Because the Lord that I represent has good plans for you. He wants to rescue you. The news that I bring today is news of great joy that will be for all the people. God wants everyone to know this great and joyous news. There's no one that he wants to have live in terror and, and staying separate from him. Instead, he desires that no one would perish, that no one would be afraid, that no one would be separated from him, but that all would come to him through repentance. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel describes, do not be afraid. It looks scary. It seems terrible. But really, I'm here for a good reason. God has sent me because he wants you to know that not reserved somewhere in a palace where you can't go visit, but instead in a manger where you and everyone you know can find him. A Savior has been born the Savior, the Rescuer. He is the Messiah, the one who's been promised, the Chosen One who's been, who you've known about and heard about for centuries, that you've been waiting for, the Rescuer, the Kingly Messiah, the Son of God and the Son of David. He is the Lord. He's God himself, and he's the Lord over everything. And he's come and entered our world and you, the angel tells the shepherds, can go and visit him. You'll find him in a humble place. He's just laying in a manger and wrapped up in cloths. But he's here for you. So we too are invited to check this out, this good news that doesn't bring terror but brings joy and hope for all people. The angel declares, peace be with you. So the angel describes then how they can go to Bethlehem and find the baby. And then suddenly, the singular angel is joined by a company of the host of heaven. All these angelic warriors just revealed themselves. They've been there all along. But this night, before the shepherds, they reveal themselves. And they reveal themselves, even though they're warriors for God's army, they reveal themselves not with threats against the shepherds, but with this declaration of praise. God is doing a joyous and great and awesome work. Glory to God in the highest heaven. But not only there. This great and awesome work isn't just reserved for what's happening in heaven. No. It's awesome for you. It will be realized even for you here on earth. On earth, peace. Peace will come to all those on whom God's favor rests. By faith, we have peace with God 
and his glory brings hope and not fear. We are often terrified by the thought of God showing up and seeing all the things that we're doing, the mistakes that we've made, the ways that we break his commands. But the angel breaks through for the shepherds, and it's recorded by Luke for us, that we would know that the message from God is good news, that it's meant to bring joy for all people, that no one would turn and run from God and stay on their path of destruction and separation from him, but that they would recognize that God knows their name, knows your name, knows mine, and is calling us all to repentance and faith that a Savior has been born to us. He is Christ the Lord. And so while in our nature, when God's glory is revealed, we're afraid, the angel says, I bring good news that brings joy. And when you come and see it, when you believe what God is doing, you will see God's glory through a different lens. You will see his grace and mercy, and his glory then will bring you hope and not fear. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing about this. He's described the reality of our, depra- our depravity and our sin problem and how there's no one righteous, not even one, and that none of us has the ability to make ourselves right with God and fix our relationship with God on our own. We can't do it. But the angel is so excited to declare this news to the shepherds and from generation to generation of human beings since then, that we would know that God has not left us to our problems, but has in fact come and entered our world. He's come vulnerably and humbly, not in a way that would continue to keep us afraid, but he's come so that we can find him right where we need to find him with no barriers but our own sin and confusion. The baby Jesus came, and he grew up in stature and maturity. He experienced life the way we do as human beings, and there were things that he had to learn, even though he knew everything from the beginning of time. And while he grew and grew and learned and experienced things from our human perspective, he always had a right relationship with God, his Father. He was always innocent and pure in a way that we don't even know how to imagine. And he walked with God and he was innocent. And he obeyed God in all things. And he did it even to complete God's calling, his mission, his work of salvation on the cross. That Jesus went willingly to the cross to lay down his life, that his life might pay the penalty for our sin and rebellion against God. That as we look to him and trust in him as our savior, we would be forgiven and made whole. And not only did he do this incredible sacrificial thing, but then in his great victorious eternal power, he was raised to life on the third day. He conquered sin and death and evil. And he invites us 
to experience all that in the wonder of God's glory and the wonder of his power by faith. That when we call out to him and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He takes us from rebels of God, rebels against God, and moves us to children of God, people in his family. Scripture tells us again and again that the news, the good news, of what Jesus has come to do is for all people, and it brings great joy. But the message of the angels as they praise God in the highest heavens reminds us that the peace, the reality of this gift only comes to those on whom God's favor rests. And scripture tells us that when we're with Jesus, when we believe him, his favor is on us. We're his. We're restored and that peace and all the things he's promised, they're ours. When we're apart from him, when we deny him and reject him and try to do this on our own, we don't have peace with God. We continue to live in that fear and terror. But the angel declares for the shepherds and for us, peace be with you. And Paul explains it in Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, based on all that we've just talked about, about what Jesus has come and done and accomplished, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, God has done such an incredible and miraculous work that he's turned the tables on us. In our sinful nature, in our natural state, if when he reveals his glory, we're terrified, we're fearful, but because Jesus has come to us, because Jesus was vulnerable and laid down his life for us, and yet victorious and took it up again, demonstrating that he really does have power over all things and the power to do everything that he said he would do. When we believe in him, when we trust him, God's glory is no longer terrifying to us. Instead, we find hope in his glory. It's where we're going to go. It's where we're headed. It's what we've been made for, and we recognize it, and we want to be there. And because of this great work that Jesus has done, we have peace with God. We don't have to be afraid. In fact, we find our home in him. We see him as our, our heavenly father, our dad. And while our lives in this broken world continue to be, give us reason to fear. There are nasty storms and terrible tornadoes. There are terrorists and there are people who don't like us and don't get along with us. We disagree with each other and we vie for power over each other and we do all kinds of things that hurt each other. There are reasons 
that we're still afraid. But when we recognize that the God of the universe has come to us, and we can find him in a place as simple as a major, manger, as awful as a bloody cross, and as wonderful as an empty tomb, we have peace with God. And when we know that the God of the universe has brought us to his side into his family, when we know he has grace and mercy for us, and we find peace and strength, Paul says in Romans 5, in this grace in which we stand. We have peace with God and we find strength so that as we endure all the challenges of brokenness in this life caused by our own sin, the sin of people, the evil threats of Satan. When we know we have peace with God and a certain future in his glory, we find peace in the midst of the moment because we know we can trust him in all things. And we know that his goodness and his power and his strength are not measured by our circumstances but by his unyielding grace and mercy his power to save we have peace with God and his glory brings hope not fear let's pray oh great God of highest heaven come before you today we pray that you'd make your home in us. We pray that you'd break through and answer our questions. We've faced trouble and trials, and those trouble and trials leave scars that make it hard for us to trust you and believe you sometimes, and we pray that you'd break through. We pray that we would hear this declaration from the angel as your own voice calling us to not be afraid, but to see you for real. Not just as the God who's terrifying, but as the God who saves. Lord Jesus, we pray that in this Christmas season, in this Advent, you would come to us in a personal way, that we would experience you and believe you and find you as we search. Pray that you would change us, transform us, help us, encourage us, make us strong in the hope that you give us and the peace that we find in you. We pray all these things in your glorious and wonderful name, Lord Jesus.